I see you've returned once more for another episode of Stories and Lies. We're getting close to the end of our third story, Static, and want to put out a call to everyone for questions. After episode 15 airs, we will record another Behind the Stories roundtable to talk about this scenario and our time running it. If you want to ask questions that we'll answer on air, you can stop by our Discord server or contact us via our new website, storiesandliespodcast.com. If you're more of the emailing type, you can drop us a line at storiesandlies1993 at gmail.com. All the links are in the show notes. Okay, let's get on with it. Here is episode 13, Old Herald. Yes, they're mostly clean, but... They're coming after me. I don't know who they are. But you got to take this along. The implications... How you doing there, Doctor? I'm sorry, I haven't had much sleep. I can give you some of my meds. I don't always take them, especially the sleepy ones. It makes me lose time. I ain't got much time left, you know, so I'd rather not lose any more of it. I've been having these very vivid dreams. Is that something you've ever experienced, Jacob? Ah, um, I can't really say. In my dream, I'm right here, in my office. Uh, and there's this steel door. It's right over there. Uh, there. There ain't no door over there. Obviously not when I'm awake. There is no big red steel pressurized door on my wall besides the window. That's absurd. But in my dream, it's there. You crank the steel wheel to open it. And then there's stairs going down. You go down. So, so Doc, um, h- how about we just pick up my story where I left off? I mean, we'll get real close to the finish line. I go down there in my dreams. I'm wandering impossible hallways, passing unmarked doors. So many doors. Oh, j- just like what happened with Dorothy and Willow when they went into the infected theater. Last night, I dreamed I was being followed through those halls. I could never see who was behind me, though. I tried to escape through the doors, uh, but I only found myself going deeper. New vistas, new halls, new doors. I started counting the doors, and that's important. I almost lost count because the strangers who were following me kept on asking me about the missing patients. I think that maybe that's why I was down there. But I I know that's wrong. We don't have any missing patients. So, So what's the point of this dream, Doctor? Yes, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. The point is, I found these marks written in pen on my arm. It's hash marks. Account. 27. Uh, That's mighty interesting, Doctor. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to ask you a question about the last episode, right? That's right. And my questions are supposed to tie everything together. The play, the players, your confinement. Separate stories, but really all the same story. Yeah, that's that's all right. I got this. Um, now, my agents had made it out of that old theater, burned it down, and everyone thought that Fred had murdered that teenage girl, Violet. But Fred had actually given her money and told her to flee town and then pretended to kill her and bury her. None of us knew any about that at the time. Uh, in your story, who is the stranger? Who is the Phantom of Truth? That character does not feature in my story. But he's such an important part of the play. Surely you know the play of which I speak. I don't want to talk about that play. But Jacob, how can you get to the final act of your story if there's no stranger? Well, um, they found themselves another character who could guide them onward. So so sit right back, um, settle in, and I'll tell you the story how they found Old Harold. They tell me all your stories All the little worries you cried They tell me what the world needs What to say, who to please Where my loyalties should lie They tell me what you're building
Sunday afternoon, November 21st, City of New Orleans. The three of you are in your unmarked white panel van driving back down south along the southern end of the city uh, where the city meets the Mississippi River, the area where the Lafayette Theater resides. So as you approach, you see the smoke before you get there. But on the way, there's anything you want to do before you arrive. Yeah, so like, before we get to the theater at some point, I unbuckle and hop out of the front seat, jump into the back seat, like the bench where Dorothy is, and like reach over the back and fumble around in my bag and pull out the journal, which Dorothy should recognize. Yeah. Yeah. And Dorothy, you, you see you see her do this. Yep. You did not know that Willow brought this with her. Yep. And like super excited childlike excitement. She goes, I added something to the journal. What? What? She flips to the back, and there's like a section of blank paper. And the very beginning of the blank paper is written down the dude's name that Wes has forgotten. Matthew Wayne. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so hey, Willow, there's there's uh, something else on that page. Actually, it's on the opposite side of the journal, on the, on the left side of the page. You've apparently written. Four more. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do I recognize the names? It's no. You wrote you, in your handwriting. It says four more on the opposite side of where that single name is in the journal. Oh, it just says like plus four. No, the the word F O U R M O R E was written in your handwriting, opposite where you have the single name of Matthew Wayne. Okay. And I would look. I would see the four more and be like. Hmm. Okay. But I would point at Matthew's name and make sure Dorothy saw it. Dorothy, real, real sandy for me, Dorothy. Okay. 64 over 61. But- All right, Dorothy, Um, it's going to be three sanity, unless you want to project that. I'll eat it. That brings me to 58. All right. It's three, three sandy loss for what... Willow has just revealed to you and what Willow is doing. Okay. My breaking point is 56, by the way, so I'm at 58 now. Okay, we're close. Yep. Was that helplessness, violence, helplessness? I feel helplessness makes more sense to me in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's my read on it. It is violence, obviously, but I think that there's a helplessness element that's, that rises to me more so. Yep. So you can check that box if you want to. I'm doing it. And just to be super clear... It's total childlike excitement of, like, showing an older cousin something cool she discovered, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally forgetting that we were, like, at odds hours ago and all of this shit, right? Okay. I have something cool to show somebody that I care about. And Dorothy says, like, what? what is this? I'm adding to his list. Whose list? You remember... Fred, Fred's in the front seat as this conversation yeah. goes on. Yeah, he just kind of turns and like listens, like, "What? Why?" That's what he wants, right? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's what he wants. What, 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 well, why did this come up right now? We have some more to add to it, don't we? I. What? What do you mean? She points at the and four more. I mean, Willow, Willow's eyes are dilated. Her her, you know, her gestures are animated. She's high as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, her energy level is spiking. You know, you can see yeah. it. You can see. Can it. I roll human on Willow? Sure, go ahead. But I'm think she's she's pretty obvious about how she's doing right yeah, now. Yeah, you're you're pretty much yeah. gonna succeed. No, I failed that. Um, okay. But okay, I mean, like if if it's, everything's on the surface right now for Willow, there is yeah. no like her ability to deceive is basically gone. Sure, I guess I I think. Dorothy's just trying to figure out like where this came from, but if it, if the answer is she's being manic and drug addled, then yep. Dorothy will kind of chalk it up to that and sort of play along. Well, the other answer is it's Willow trying to figure things out, right? Like this is what Willow would have done, right? Like yep. it tries yeah. for that. That's that's what Dorothy's trying to. That that's why Dorothy's asking is like she's not connecting the pieces. But why the fuck she's sharing it with you right now? Who knows? Right. Okay. I, I think Fred asks, like, what what list is there? Some is there something we're supposed to do that we're not doing? 
No, Fred. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it after all this stuff is done. Okay. It's a long story. And would you, like, come back up from having your face in your hands? She's writing down unknown. <laughs> oh, I see. Of the of the guy that you killed. Gotcha. Okay. Alright, so let's cut to um, as we drive down the street you can see the smoke. Mm-hmm. It's rising up several blocks ahead of you. And as you approach where the Lafayette Theater is here on the corner at the southern end of, of New Orleans the, uh, there are fire trucks. There are New Orleans City police cars. Uh, you know, there's the mer- other emergency vehicles, including ambulances there. There's people gathered around across the street from this watching. And there's the trucks are hosing down the structure. And you see the theater looks like it was engulfed pretty substantially. Mm-hmm. And when you guys have arrived here, it looks like it's, it's mostly burned down. Okay. Uh, primarily in the back of the theater. At the front end of the theater, there was like this open air courtyard and the facade. And that whole structure appears, is, that's intact. Yeah. At the front of it is intact. You know, and a lot of the wall, retaining walls are still doing pretty well, but the ceiling got it and collapsed inside. And there, they are spraying this thing down. It's like probably like a three alarm fire. So, you know, three different stations have all come to this location and they are doing, you know, they are in the process of putting this fire out. You stop the van, you can't approach, it's streets are blocked you know, to a certain point. Oh, no. I, I, oh, oh, no. Yeah, I don't think we should stop the van. Oh, no. Staying somewhat far. Like far away, we have a good look to what's going on, but there's no way we're passing like right in front. That's just too obvious. That's bad offset. Yeah, we're in an unmarked pedal van. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially if especially if somebody else in a van saw us exactly. leave the scene right as it engulfed in flames. Which, by the way, Fred doesn't know about that yet. As as uh, he he we kind of drive around the block basically to have a good look at it. I I think Dorothy would have mentioned that there was a van. Okay. We I we didn't say it yet in in character, but Okay. Yeah, I think Dorothy would have said as we were leaving there was and and she probably actually I was going to ask you, you know, see if you can drive by this alley. I I, I want to see if that van is still there. That's yeah, that's that's what I was going at like kind of going close-ish and and having a look. Uh, is that van still there? Uh, you you can't reach the alley. The uh, fire trucks and the emergency vehicles are blocked off. The back of the building is uh, you can't reach it. Okay, you know that that's the fire started in the back, and the most of that area is engulfed, and you can't get to that alleyway. I mean, if I had to make a call, I'd say probably good enough. Yeah, you're the professional. Well, I've never burned a building down. Um, really? No. Dorothy has now. Oh, Dorothy looks pleased with herself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 a first uh, for you, not me. Well, it like goes for a high five. <laughs> sure, she'll high five you. And she says, "Can I join your club yet?" <laughs> Fred, Fred actually chuckles, um, <laughs> and he kind of looks back and says, "It looks like the whole thing, the ceiling's just fallen on top of it." So yeah, I, I think that's good enough. I don't, I don't okay. Don't imagine we need to raise the entire thing to the ground. That's good enough. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was the stage. Just making sure that. The stage and the and the set pieces went up, right? And I think they did. Mm. It went fast. I uh, I imagine so. I mean, I, I I used gas, but when I I basically flicked a cigarette, and I mean, the whole thing went up in like a second. It just totally, totally engulfed everything, almost like it was completely covered in some kind of flammable oil. Yeah, well. That's the result. Apparently. Now what? So, what do the three of you want to do at this point? You've uh, you've confirmed that the structure appears to have been burned down, but what leads do you have left? I think we go to Elysian Wells. Yes. Where is Elysian Wells? Yes. Yep. Where indeed? I think we were there, and then we burned it down. <sighs> Well, uh, but so we probably didn't actually. We don't. We don't know where we were. We knew that we were in the theater, but it was no longer the theater. Elysian Wells. It sounds like is a town. Yeah. Um, based on how it was described, it might not be. I agree, but it's not on any map that we've looked at. Right, and and like here's the tricky thing: if it's Carcosa, like if if it's just. That stuff, like where we were and all that stuff, I don't think 
we should try to find it. I think we should just call it a day. Ah, uh, but the job is not done. I know, but how are we going to find it? What? We found Regina. So there's one, two, three, <sighs> five more kids for sure? Yep. Well, wh- weren't there seven? Was there seven, then there's six more? The twins? Yeah, but, but Franklin left, but he it sounds like he also took the others with him. Right. We're assuming they're all together still. So what you have are seven kids. You've dealt with one. Violet's been dealt with. And there's six others. Dealt with. Oh, yeah, she's super dead. Fred is going to offer his perspective. He works with people, mainly. Someone somewhere knows where Elysian Wells is. Right. It might be on a map, but it's not on the ones we have. It might be on a very specific map. Well, Franklin's mom... We definitely know where she is now. Right? She's out there talking to all those cops. Well, dad, she's home. With her theater burned, they can't imagine she's there. Yeah, no, she's got to be there. Unless she's there. Yeah, unless she joined them. By the way, we we went to that, like, stage before all of that was set up. Who set that up? Uh, Well, when we were there before, it was was like a movie theater. Right. Right. This time it was like a whole theater stage. And that was just yesterday afternoon. Yes. It wasn't yeah. that long ago. This was a totally different auditorium. Mm. It seemed bigger. This was a production stage. This was somewhere that plays were put on. Like permanently. Okay. The, the, the building is not the same. Well, it's burned to a crisp now. If we were driving around it and stuff, did we get a chance to drive by the front and see, like, the marquee and all that stuff? Yeah, because the front of the building is mostly intact. Yeah. And you see the marquee is there. It's got some smoke stains on it, but it's there intact. It's the Lafayette Theater, and it's got schedules. It's the Lafayette again. Yes, it's got some schedules from some other some movies that are coming out later on this week. Some other old classics that they're going to play on Friday and Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Or, or, the show times for those are listed on the on the the marquee. Yeah, so Dorothy would point that out to Willow and say, "Look, it's it's the Lafayette again." So, what did we do different to see the other one? That's the real question then. Uh, that is a good question. I mean, we just showed up. It was different when we showed up. It was probably already wherever we ended up in that hallway, we were probably already there when we walked in the door. But it's it's back now. It's normal again. Maybe Elysian Wells is like that. Maybe it's a town that's sometimes there and sometimes not. Like how Franklin's mom remembers him? I'm new to all this shit, but is so- can something only exist if people think about it? Well, um, I mean, we talked a little bit about memetics. There's another concept called egregores. Basically, the idea is that people's collective belief in something causes it to take substance, uh, substantive form in the world. It could be that it's some kind of egregore. Fuck, I shouldn't have shot the janitor. Yeah, probably not. You didn't even get his name. We we need to find Harold. We do, um, but where, where do we start? I want to watch the five o'clock news tonight. I know that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Somebody that knew Franklin, or Franklin knew of him. Should ask Acadia. Yeah, but how are we going to do that? We can't just walk up there while she's talking to, you know. She's hard to get a hold of right now. Mm. Yeah. Without exposing ourselves to more attention. As we drive and we look and there's fire trucks and, and police cars and everything, is she there? Does she gonna, do you want to circle around again? Yeah. Go ahead, Fred, give me an alertness roll. That's a fail. 52 over 50. Oh, man. Don't, don't, don't see her. Make sure to check that off. Yep. <laughs> Goes ahead and says, oh, I can't see her. Well, maybe we wait till tonight and check out her house. And if she's not there tonight, I think maybe she's gone the same way as Franklin and the other kids. In which case, she's not going to help us. You, you, you spoke with her. Did, did she even mentioned that she was going to a a small town. No, she said something about needing to make masks. 
She seemed really concerned about what was going to happen. She was afraid of whoever whoever that symbol belongs to. It belongs to someone? Well, I, I don't know. Um, presumably this... Uh, the king in yellow. Ah. That's what was on the marquee this morning. Yes. It's the name of the play. It's the name of the book. It was on your list from Morrison? Yeah, twice. Once in French. Ah. Great. Well, if we find a secret message in French, I can read it. Or something. Okay. Well, um... I, 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 as a player, I'm at a loss for what to do as far as like trying to find Harold. How about we we the, we move the scene away? Yeah, you can stay here. You guys can stay here if you want, or you can go to another location and discuss your options. What do you think? Yeah, let's go. Let's go eat. Yeah, it's a late lunch. It's time for a late lunch. You guys are hungry, so we move the scene to a diner, probably at least a mile away from from the theater, somewhere downtown, away from all this. You parked. You've got your food, you've got your orders, you have your drinks. Everyone at the table is trying, is in your own thoughts, you're trying to figure this thing out as you eat. And I'll kind of give you the floor to kind of work out what your leads are, if any, what your options are, what your possible next steps are. The floor is yours. Well, we have an address in a town that doesn't seem to be on maps. We have initials, R.D., that's Franklin's dad, supposedly. I think maybe we came across the name Raymond somewhere. Raymond Dubois, maybe. That would make sense. Uh, we have a Herald. We know the names of the kids. We know Acadia. She might still be around. We could probably... We could see if we could ask her. Um, This is the South. I bet all we gotta do is find a Bible. Family Bible. We go back to the Franklin's house. Interesting. And, and do what? And find names? Yeah, usually the genealogy of a southern family is in sure. the official family bible. Mm. What what names are we looking for that would help us? Last name for Harold, maybe? Yep. Are you sure Harold's not just a... I have no idea. A title, not a name? That's... Well, it was spelled H-A-R-O-L-D. That's all we have. It's a hard find. It is. In, in my mind, everything points to Acadia. We, we need to speak to her. Yeah. Well, we should definitely go back. I mean, she's obviously not going to have any shows tonight. So we could go back to the house later on after all the police reports and stuff are done and she's gone from there. Hmm. Can wait maybe an hour? Part of the time we, we eat. Oh, a, a few hours. Well, they'll, they'll send her home. They'll, they'll get a report. By the time we came here, we eat, we talk. If she's If she's home, she should be there. If not... Well, okay. Well, I think that sounds like a plan. Okay. Mm. So what time do we want to return to the Dubois residence? I mean, I'm thinking like five yep. or s- something like that. Yes. All right. So it's 5 p.m. You're back. You're driving back to the Desire neighborhood. It's probably been for Willow, but like four hours, maybe three hours. I think it was three, like three, three hours. and a half. And I think Willow, you're still feeling it. You're still under the influence. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah, so just we'll keep that in mind. So as you drive along through this neighborhood, Fred, the first thing you see is there's a, a New Orleans City police car parked in front of the Dubois residence as you're driving. And you keep you keep going. You're not going to stop there, obviously. Yeah. But you see a car parked there. And there's a uniformed officer knocking on the door as you drive by. Mm. I imagine you all saw that. Do we see her car? Yeah. We, we do see her car. Oh, her, you know, the, her car's not there. Okay, gotcha. And yeah, Dorothy would respond to Fred, say, yeah. If the cops are looking for her, that's not a good sign. Mm. It is not. I think she probably found her way to Elysian Wells, too. Well, we don't, we don't know, we don't know. No, you're right, we don't. I'm jumping to conclusions. Dorothy, you're the bookworm. Does Elysian Wells spell anything else? Like an acronym? Or uh, anagram? Yeah, can you rearrange the letters or do any of those weird tricks? Oh, yeah. Well? I, I can go talk to the cop if, if you, you guys want. I don't mind. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, you think he has information we don't? I don't know. Might be a risk, but sure. It's definitely a risk. It's it's widening the loop, right? But It, it is. You know how to talk to them. You got this. Okay. Kind of parks 
farther away. Yeah, so Fred, you alone walk down the sidewalk towards the, the, the vehicle. And as you approach the police car, you see the uniformed city police officer walking away from the front of the residence back towards his car. Yep. And so him, he opens the door of the car, reaches in and grabs the uh, like the CB radio that they have and begins to make a report. Mm-hmm. He stops when he sees you approaching and kind of makes eye contact with you. Hey. Hey, ho. What can I do for you? Ms. Dubois not in? Um, I- I'm sorry. This, this is a police matter. Yeah, I know. Um, and you are? Quickly flashes a badge. State police. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so... That's, a, don't worry about it. Don't worry it's, about it. It's not my favorite neighborhood to be in, but, uh, yeah, yeah. We're looking for Miss Dubois. Hmm. Uh, we, we, we got this... Well, it's a very probable arson we're dealing with. Right. Yeah, and, um... He looks around a little bit and says, uh, we also got a multiple homicide, too. What? He nods. Where? When? What happened? Um, her... Her place of business. Her place of, of business. Yeah, yeah, so... Oh, shit, the... Okay. Well... So, uh, what what brings you here? Well, we wanted to talk to her. Quite frankly, nothing as drastic as, as that. There was some kind of fuckery at the... Her boy's school. Some kind of violent event and whatever. And we've been looking into it, but uh, that... Um... He shrugs a bit and says, We've had a couple reports uh, last month about... Her and that kid of hers. Um, mm. it's just, just DV stuff. Uh, nothing unusual. DV stuff? He nods. She didn't want to press any charges, so obviously we're not going to take the kid to Juvie, so. Gotcha. Domestic violence. Okay. Yeah, Fred would know what that means. <laughs> no, I was just curious which way it was going. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, um,. Quite frankly, we're, we're, we're looking for her as well. We'd like to, to talk to her, uh, maybe some, sort some shit out. If you or other police, uh, please find her. Uh, I have a pager. Here you go. Kind of ends, uh, probably like, uh, kind of writes down a little, he has a little booklet. The, the cop also has his own little cop. He's got yeah, the, yeah. He opens that up. Gets the cop dance. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. So what's, what's your name? Uh, Fontaine. Fontaine. Uh, badge number? Yeah, here you go. Kind of shows the badge. I, does yeah. it have a number? Yeah, each of the badges, um, they're, they're, each one's stamped with a number on it. Each badge is their, their number. Okay. Yeah. And you don't have the ID associated, you just have the metal badge, and each That's badge is, is, is numbered, you know, whatever. Yep. So he just makes a quick note. Yeah, your page, page there. Okay, yeah. Okay, sure, I'll, I'll give my supervisor information if we happen to catch wind of her or, or that kid of hers. Okay. Um, we, we, we learned about... You know, someone maybe linked to Ms. Dubois uh, named Harold? Oh, um, hang on, hang on. He, he flips through his notebook. Yep. Um, yeah, there was a guy that worked at the, um, at the, her place of business. Harold Sampson, uh, fellow's name. We're, Harold Sampson. We're Samson. trying to reach him as well to see if he was on site and he might know something about it. Um, person of interest. Oh, shit. Okay. That'd be, that, that's someone interesting and, uh, we would need to talk to. Like, what do you guys need this guy for? I mean, what's what are you investigating? Well, we we don't quite know for sure yet. But again, violent violent event at school. Guy might have been pretty linked. Uh, hey, hey, listen, um, we got two dead bodies in that theater of hers. Uh, we haven't ID those bodies yet. Hmm. Um. I, I mean, I, I don't know what you stays are looking into, but it kind of feels like our thing might be a little bit more higher priority. Right. Just hope the guy isn't dead. No, it looked like female bodies from what the, uh, the firefighters are telling us. So uh, it's this this guy, Harold, I mean, maybe he's, he's a person of interest. We will at least want to talk to him. All right. He might have been involved, too. Maybe maybe he set the fires. Or maybe that kid of her set the fires. Who knows? Look, we'll uh, we'll, we'll help any way we can. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right, Fontaine. Sure. Yeah, sh- um, hey, if you get something, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Works for me. Okay. He has a card, so he pulls it out and gives it to you. Yeah. He he's a patrol guy. He's not a detective. He's not no. Yeah. <laughs> he's, no, he's just he's just a dude. Yeah. And so you know that I mean he's he's obviously not going to be an investigator on this, but he's just the guy they sent out, dispatched to this location, right? Yep. So he flips his little you know his notebook clothes and pu- tucks it in his pocket. Yep. And says, "Yeah, I, nobody's home. Neighbors haven't seen anybody here, so um, well, we'll keep an eye on it though." 
guess that's uh, that's it. Okay. All right. He he nods to you. Goes back in his patrol vehicle. Picks up the CB radio. Tells dispatch that he's basically cop lingo for I'm leaving the scene. Yep. They ten four. You know they dispatch him to tell him where to go next. He tells him copy and gets inside and starts up the the engine. Yep. Drives his patrol vehicle out of here. As soon as he's out of view, he's away. I go back to the van. <laughs> Uh, and I share the information. I say, first of all, I took a risk. It might bite us in the ass later. But I did the cop dance, exchange info, whatever. Showed him the badge. I have no idea if the badge is going to hold up to any scrutiny whatsoever. I don't think so. But I don't give a shit. So it turns out that the theater you gals burnt down. Uh, t- two people died. I only shot one. Right. And, and from what... The dispatch guy told me uh, the bodies were of uh, two females. I shot an old black man. Right. And apparently, a man named Harold works at the Lafayette. Did you get a last name? Yes, Samson. Harold Samson. I don't think we've heard that last name before. Yeah. It's none of the kids' last names. No, not yet. Police are going to be looking, of course, to, to talk to him. Potential person of interest. Um... How can we find him first? Right? Hmm. I mean, the main social activities here in the South are church, school, and bar. The school, I feel like we've probably gleaned as much as we can from, so... Right. Yeah. Did did you you explain that um, Harold worked at the theater? Yep. Maybe... Bar? Maybe... Yeah, I bet there's a bar really close to the theater that all the theater people go to. Probably the owner. She probably goes there. We might could get some information there. And let's check it out. Sure. At this point, all roads lead to Harold, it seems like. All right. So we, we'll move ahead, back in the van, driving back down to the southern end of the city as we near the Mississippi um, and go through the neighborhood. Now, at this point, let's say it's 6 p.m. in the evening... The area has been cordoned off of, of where the fire was, so the streets are open again. You know, it's been, got police lines and whatnot. And, you know, at this point, I'm trying to think if there would be any emergency vehicles. We'll say they're, they're, they've finished the job. They're not going to be on scene any longer. It's, it's long enough. They've, they've doused it, and they've doused it, they've doused it to make sure it doesn't, nothing flares up again. Um, so it's just a smoldering remain here on the corner of this old neighborhood. And there are other stores nearby, you know, are starting to open. Lights are starting to come on as the sun is going down in the distance. And the evening is coming to life on a Sunday night here in the city of New Orleans. You drive slowly through the neighborhood looking to see, you know, what would be the nearest bar, nearest restaurant, nearest cafe, nearest club. You know, what would might resonate with theater goers or with theater employees. And um, is Fred driving? Yes. Uh, who's in the front passenger seat? Willow. Mostly. Still kind of bouncy. So, uh, Willow, give me um, an alertness roll plus 40. <laughs> Fuck, I need that 40. 72. Fuck. I have 33. <laughs> so, 30. Oh, no. No, I'm Wait, good. no, wait, plus 40? You make it, you make it, yep. Oh, yeah, that is, just barely. That is amazing. <laughs> because of the 40. <laughs> yep. Alright, w- Willow is absolutely alert and, you know, and kind of manic or whatever, but as you're driving around looking for a place to stay, and uh, just on a sidewalk, Willow, on a sidewalk, I'll just as you're going along, um, you see this kind of small, uh, mid-60s kind of thin black man who looks exactly like the person you shot in the back, walking on the sidewalk. I'll be like, in my chair, holy fuck, guys, look, I shot him. What? what? All right, and at that moment, of course, he's gone. He's the van has passed him. He's he's behind you somewhere on the sidewalk. Fred, reverse. <laughs> All right, so you stop the car, go back, drive, um, and he's walking along the sidewalk. I'll stick my is. head out the fucking window. And go, Harold. All right, um, and there's an involuntary reaction when the he kind of glances towards the van and and gives a quizzical look and then keeps walking. Don't make me shoot you again, Harold. What? So like. Look, try to look through the other window of the van instead of pull her head back in. She'll like try to look in your window. Be like, what? Dor- Dorothy, I don't think she has a window, does she? Is there windows in the 
back seats? Not the sides. It's just the okay. passenger area. Yeah, just panels. The pass- yeah. And there's two. The very back doors have windows. And then yeah. Willow gets mad that she's looking at sheet metal. S- s- just stop. Fred, what, what does Fred want to do? Fred stops the van, tries to fucking park it somewhere close. Right, you, you, you find a place to park just a short ways away. This old guy doesn't go anywhere. He seems confused and, and you know, stands on the sidewalk. What do you do? I'd like to go up to him. Willow hops out and makes very quickly is way too close to him. All right. So both Willow and Dorothy approach this fellow on the sidewalk. And they're, um, the sidewalks aren't empty. There are some other people down in front of you, some people behind. There's traffic on the street on both sides. Some of the stores are open here. We're not. We're in the open. Yep. Uh, Dorothy and Willow are there. And there's this small, older, African-American small fellow. He's wearing a kind of pale white button-down shirt and just some kind of oversized pants that are rolled up at the bottom and some kind of old weathered shoes. And he just kind of looks up at you, Dorothy. He's actually a little bit smaller than you at this point. And with this just really confused look on his face. Yeah, and she's maybe a a little bit out of breath from like jumping out of the van and running over there. But um, she says, uh, are you you Harold Sampson? He he nods. Yeah, 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 that's, that's me. Uh, uh, do you have a minute? We were well, looking to talk to you. I got, I got nothing but time now. My, um, looks like my place of employment burned down today, and I, well, I, I'm just quite not sure what, what, what I'm going to be doing with myself. Yeah, we we saw um what happened to the theater. So I'm like twice his height. Yeah, I'm like looking at the top of his head for holes. Honestly, like I'm looking for a bullet hole. It's a a bald, a very large bald patch. He's lost a lot of his hair, and it's kind of bald on top and kind of almost almost rounded with a very, very light amount of gray hair on top of his head. But no bullet holes. No bullet holes, no. Do, do you, um, would you mind getting a drink with us? Well, um, oh, ma'am, I, I, I never say, never turn down a, an invitation uh, from, from a woman for a drink. I, well, all right, that, that, sounds, that sounds nice. Okay, so she'll signal to Fred and uh, try to just find the nearest bar on the street. Yeah, and it's it's not hard. While we're walking, I would try to be inconspicuous and, like, tell Dorothy, there's no bullet holes. She, she like, elbows you. Is, is that is that sad? <laughs> it's just like you shot someone and they're just walking yeah, here? I, I, think, I think we probably should both roll. <laughs> I think Willow should roll. Um, I think Willow should roll. I mean, Dorothy, you didn't, I don't think you saw her. Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, absolutely. I saw him get shot, and then afterwards, I saw his dead body. The both of you rolled in. That's right. Right. Uh, thank thank you, Taylor. You, you can't take this away from me, Tom. I'm going to roll sand. <laughs> 40 under 54. I got a 23. I passed anyway. Both also, passed. apparently, you you killed two women. No, we killed our damn selves is what we did, but I don't I think that's that what it was. <laughs> so, so um, Dorothy loses no sand, but what did Willow roll? 40 under 54. Okay, but um, in Willow's current adult state, I think Willow, you still lose one point of sand from violence. Okay, that makes sense to me. And like I've been, like I would have been so obnoxious on the street. I would have been like just looking at his head, be like, "The fuck is going on here?" And Dorothy's trying to get you to stop and like <laughs> chill the fuck out. Right. But so we go into this bar and maybe grab a seat and grab a few drinks. Even though Willow is having a hard time uh, not being manic and over-exaggerated with her emotions and aware of everything and, you know, her energy levels through the roof, you do the best you can. Fred's there, Dorothy's there. The bar has, there's no windows. So it's a door, dark room, small room, single bar, some bench corner tables, some small tables, a jukebox, that, that cigarette smell, smell of old beer, um, sawdust on the floor. It's a kind of dive bar. Yeah. Is what we're looking at here. Sure. And inside there, actually the jukebox is playing some jazz music of all things here in New Orleans. We've got jazz jukebox <laughs> and some customers along the bar, some customers in dark corners, uh, but nobody paying attention to anybody. Yeah. As far as you can tell. Is there one of those like cigarettes with the pool thing? Those old school machines. Yeah. There's a vending machine where there's a bunch of packs of cigarettes, and you can put the put a couple of dollars and pull it out. Pops down the bottom. Yeah, old cigarette vending machine there. I go buy a pack of Newports. There you go. So, um, 
you get this guy a beer. Mm-hmm. You sit down somewhere and you try to manage Willow's energy. Yeah. And keep her calm. And he looks at his beer and he takes a nice sip and he smiles at you and gives you a nod. Well, um, I certainly do feel very blessed to have uh, the company. Uh, uh, these three strangers are providing me with uh, a little bit of social lubrication. I, I appreciate this. Um, it's been quite a day. Uh, it's something that is on your mind. Yeah, it's and, and sorry to hear about what happened. Uh, we're we're friends of Acadia's, and we we heard um, kind of just through the news about the theater. Um, but we wanted to talk to you because uh, it sounds like you may be able to help us. I'm, I'm I'm not quite sure how I could help the three of you. I I don't even know who you are. Um, sir, do you know, um. Franklin Dubois' dad? <laughs> I know Franklin. If that's what you're talking about. A good boy. Uh, yeah. Good boy. Do you know how to find a place called Elysian Wells? I, I heard of such a place once upon a time. I, I, think I, I think I might. I've lived my whole life here in Louisiana. It's not always in the city of New Orleans. And there are many, many small places here. Places that... Uh, yeah. Names of which gone away, but you know the memory of those places. Old memory of those places. Old back roads lead to nowhere. Once upon a time, I tell you, there were these communities out there in the bayou, out there in the the lakes and the fields, along the Gulf. Places, they they just don't exist no more. But um, I heard of many places. Seen a lot of them, too. You're looking for Franklin, are you? Yeah, sir. That boy went to Elysian Wells. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Shame his mother couldn't join him. Did she not? No. Nah, we haven't poor Acadia. been able to find her today. Acadia never quite understood, you know? He takes a drink of his beer. Oh, okay. Ne- never quite understood uh, what was going on there. Theater uh, didn't like it. Gotcha. Okay. Y'all are friends, Acadia's, right? Yeah, we, we met somewhat recently, but we've been on pretty good terms. You guys are film film buffs? You like the movies? I do. Uh, he he sighs a bit. I'm more of a stage play friend, or a stage play fan. He says, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? I, I don't have the, the culture and the education of some of you. I, 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 uh, I didn't quite finish school, and I, but I, I love the theater. I love the theater ever since I was a boy, and I, I was just happy to get this job just to be close, you know, to all those wonderful people and those wonderful places. Uh, it's like your dreams coming to life on the stage, and everyone j- joining together to make to make something that never existed before, and just for that moment, just for those couple of hours there, it's like the whole theater is transported to like another place and another life, and it's, it's such a beautiful thing, the theater. I, I tell you, when Acadia changed it over to the um, the picture show, um, I felt like a lot of the life had left that building. Hmm. Was that when the name changed from Lafayette or from Majestic to Lafayette? Yeah, she, um, you know, when Raymond left, she um, she took it pretty hard. Raymond, that's Franklin's dad. Yeah, he nods. It's a very matter of fact. He nods, takes a drink of his beer. Yes, he left, never came back. They were on tour, you know. The players? Majestic players. That's what we heard. Right. Yeah, that French play. Was something else. Something to see. You should have seen it. D- you, you did? Oh, yeah. I worked, I worked, um, you know, um, I was kind of fortunate back then. One of the actors, you see, he, um, he got sick. And, um, well, I, I was in the, Every day I was in the theater. I was there. I was cleaning things. I was fixing things. I was helping. I knew all the lines. Uh, they let me st- uh, fill in for this fella, um, no, no Bal- Nobalto? God, it's been my memory. It's just not what it used to be. Notalba? That's the character. He was the old priest, uh, the wise advisor to the, uh, to the queen, uh, Queen Casilda. I played him three times, three performances. I was, I was that priestly character. And then... Sadly, that um, well, for his benefit, that actor he returned, and um, well, they went on they went on tour, 
and you know I stayed with the theater that that was my job yeah and they they toured the French play that's right um La Roy en Jean now I don't speak any French I don't speak a lick of it but you know here here in New Orleans that's a lot of people a lot of people speak the language uh, it's part of the culture here and a lot of people love that stuff the old the, the, this old play from France I think it, I think it, I wouldn't be surprised if it came with a theater like 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 they came together when that theater was built so many years ago that old play just a part of the blood the lifeblood of this place something else to say something else my uh, friend here speaks uh, a little French is that right she'll look at Fred are we monsieur oh uh, yeah. we we uh, uh like I said I I, I I apologize I don't I don't I don't speak the language a uh, little bit occasion but you know Mm. Ain't, ain't none of that French for me. No problem whatsoever. Um, and, and you said the, the Majestic Players, they went on tour, right? That's right. Um, 1986, I believe. 86. 1986. They went on tour with that that uh, that French play. Right. Where, do you know where, where they toured? Kind of everywhere? Oh, yeah. We got a, We used to have a program back at the uh, at the Lafayette before it burned down. You know, my, but... Uh, we had the whole itinerary, the whole travel schedule on there, but I do remember last stop of that that place you mentioned, just a few, um, Elysian Wells. Elysian Wells, yeah. That was where the tour, well, that was the last stop of. Uh, hmm. And they were supposed to, you know, when the play was over, just as they did it all every other year, they they come back, we'd we'd do another play. Of course. Um, sadly, it, it never happened. Hmm. And. Legion Wells, you think we could you take us there? I I don't know if I'd take you there. I, I could, but I think I might be able to show you. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, if you had a map or something, I I think I could find the way. I it's been a long time, but you know, my memory. <laughs> there's just some things that this old brain here that I, you know they rattle about, and there's some things I know clearly, clear as clear as a bell. Oh, no. I got a feeling though. It kind of looks at you, Fred. I think I could show you the way. Right. Well, I'm I'm happy to hear. Yeah, you might have no uh, as much education as as we do, as you said. But uh, hey, just that—that's that's knowledge in itself, isn't it? Knowledge is power. You know, not not. It's a funny thing that. It's a funny thing. It is. What we know, what we understand, uh, what what we think about. And you know what? I do have maps in my car. I'll just go grab them, and I'll be right back. All right. He nods and takes another drink of his beer. Like, like, doesn't even care. Yep. And smiles. You come back with a stack of 15 years worth of atlases. <laughs> Here. <laughs> Show me. So when, when you return, Fred, what do you want to do? Just have, have a map or anything else? Just, just uh, not even, not, not the atlas, just like a map okay. of Louisiana. Kind of open it up. So you, you spread it out yep. on the table of the bar. All right. And he takes a look at it as he's drinking, uh, ponders, looks it over. Um, points to where New Orleans is on the map. As, um, well, let's see here. Let's see. You look very carefully. Now, I think what you want to do when you leave the city is you want to head this way. And he points towards the 90 freeway. Yep. I draw. Now, I think he's as he studies the map, I'd follow the 90 down. Down, down, down south. You're heading southwest here. Uh, past Matthews. Past Gibson. Morgan City. Ah, somewhere over here, just right around Centerville, you're going to see a turnoff. It points there. Uh, 317. 317. Now, that heads south. I'd take that almost all the way. Almost all the way to what ends. And, um, and you'll s- it's, um, he points to a place on the map. It's not labeled. There's no city where he points. There's no anything where he points. It just looks, it's green. It's a green landscape, very, very close to the blue of the ocean, of the gulf. And all around it, there's a lot of tiny little blue dots everywhere for all the different lakes and ponds and swamps and, you know, so forth and so on. It just taps it a couple of times. Somewhere right around here, I think that's where Elysian Wells Uh used to be before before it went away. All right, just along the shore, huh? Just along the shore, near these lakes over here. It, It went away? I'm afraid it did. So many towns, so many little places along the Gulf, they just 
It's like the ocean just takes him back. Just swallowed him up. Hmm. Okay. Well, you've been incredibly helpful, Mr. Samson. What you gonna do when you get there? Um, she looks at at Fred and uh, Willow, and I think she's kind of just shrugs. She says, uh, I don't know yet. You gonna see Franklin? Raymond? If they're there, yeah, we'd like to meet them. Hopefully, yeah. I think they're all still there. Yeah. They they never came back. Hmm. It must be a quaint little town. You know, it was. And it's time. It was... Yeah. It was something to see. Okay. I I have another question for you. He, He looks at you. Yeah. Does the... Does the word Carcosa mean anything to you? It's from the play. You know, it's, uh, it's like another place. It's, um, well, it's kind of like heaven. That's how I think of it. Um, but in the play, you know, they're all afraid of Carcosa. They're all afraid of, uh, well, of what it means or what it is or, well, that's where the king resides. And they're afraid of finding him or him finding them, you know. That is until the stranger shows. Okay. The stranger of truth, right? You, you read the play, haven't you? Uh, only parts of it. There's something else. There's something else to see. Um, I tell you, I, I never quite understood that play. Um, a lot of mystery, a lot of um, unanswered questions. But there was there was something magical about that performance. And some people, they, um, well, it's like it opened up their minds to, um, to other ideas. Other, uh, yeah. other ways of thinking. Okay. Well, thank you for your help. Thank, thank you for the beer. Oh, yeah, of course. And Dorothy doesn't have any more questions. Um, I don't know if Willow or Fred want to ask anything else, or Willow wants to smell him to make sure he's real or something. <laughs> Poke him. I assume we're sitting and Willow's like the furthest away from him. She would just like look down at him. I shot you for like the fourth time. Well, uh, well, 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 ma'am, I, I don't rightfully remember being shot. Uh, I hope if you did shoot me, um, well, you, you'd, uh, you finish me off quick like, you know, I, I hate to suffer. She looks offended, of course, and then just, like, goes back to drawing on her napkin. Willow, go ahead and roll me a sandy roll. I have a mechanics question. In D&D, it would be, like combination of like sense arcana and like deception not necessarily do i want to see if dude is lying or anything i want to see if dude is a dude or if dude is something else is there a way to do that maybe a human oh the human would be for deception i let you use unnatural similar to what dorothy did earlier do it unnatural right now let's try that okay so i rolled 46 for what i was supposed to roll sanity so it's 46 under 53. So, but with her drug-addled state, her sanity rolls, she's basically, she's a, she has a negative 20 penalty to succeeding in her sanity rolls, okay. which makes it much easier for her to have these wonderful revelations. So whatever you're drawing on that pad there, Willow. Oh, fuck. Um, you, you put a beautiful uh, composition together of this kind of cool-looking dragon symbol that's got, it's got a symmetricalness to it. Um, and you, it, you don't know where it came from, but it's you've kind of drawn it here. Willow, I'm sorry, no, Dorothy, roll alertness for me. Yeah, I was going to ask if I could. I would fucking <laughs> want to show it to her. As soon as I realized what it was, I would definitely show it to Dorothy. Oh, well, I mean, so you, you haven't seen it before. Apparently the fuck I have. I mean, it's, it's something she just created out of her mind. It obviously means nothing. It's just Willow's doodles. But Dorothy? Yep. Yeah, 36 under 43. Okay. When you look at what Willow is drawing, you see that symbol that you have seen before. Yep. Um, So roll your, roll your, make it pow for me, Dorothy. Okay. Got 70 pow, 26. Okay. So you're fine, but you know, you know what that means. And also have uh, Fred, same roll for us, alertness roll. Okay. Two. Okay. So Fred, you also saw... The picture that Willow is drawing is the same thing that was on those curtains. Yeah. So she must she's seen she saw the curtains. She's drawing exactly what you saw on the curtains. That's what you recognize. Do I roll pow? I uh, roll pow as well. Uh, I uh, succeed forty-seven under fifty. All right. So you have you're, nice. you're under control. So 
It depends on what they do based on what Willow did. So let, let's just play it out before I tell Willow what happens. As far as I know, I'm just doodling, right? Still. Right. Yep. And Dorothy Dorothy takes your doodle and gives you a look, a, like a kind of a smiling look, and says, um, good thing we're not following those protocols anymore. Willow, what do you want to do? So how long has it been since I snorted massive rails of cocaine? Yeah, maybe four hours, four and a half. We're getting, we're still, we haven't come down yet because this is a, it was a lot. That's a, it's actually hyper cocaine. It's the best <laughs> on the planet. Like not only yeah. did I play with it and make it really nice and pure and added little boosters and shit to it. It has this whatever fucking substance in it, right? So it's, yeah, it's good ass shit. So if she was straight, she would have her gun at her temple asking you questions. But since she's not, I think she would be at war with that thought. I don't know. Dorothy will will gently put her hand on her shoulder and say, um, I think we got what we came for. Let's, uh, let's head out. Okay, but I still want to know, I still want to roll my unnatural against him, which isn't going to work, but I wouldn't do it anyway. All right, go for, go for that. And also, I want you to also give me an intelligence roll as well. So first unnatural. 72 over 10, so... Okay, and roll your int there, Willow. Uh, 73 under 85. Okay, so um, as this happens, Willow, your your very sharp brain realizes that Dorothy took that napkin away from you for a reason. You put together, and you and you lose uh, one Sandy. Yay! <laughs> but you, <laughs> you also recognize, and you can write on your sheet that I have seen this sign. God damn it. Yep. And give me a pow roll there, Willow. You can you can put it on the back under uh, wounds and ailments. Yep. Oh, not under personal details? Yeah, it's a wound or an ailment. God damn it. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so careful. Alright, and a pow roll? 34 under 70. Okay. So you Willow has control of herself. But she does have the recognition and the realization that for no reason you can think of, you 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 freehand drew this awful symbol that Dorothy has been trying to conceal. That I've been ordered to kill anybody. And she never saw it. at least contain anybody that's ever come in contact with it. I would give Dorothy a very dirty look. Like, thanks for pointing that out, fucker. Dorothy kind of chuckles and she says, it, it's okay. We'll, we'll talk. Well, how have you seen the yellow sign? God. <laughs> I love it. I'm, no, and I don't know what it means either. Roll your Sandy for me, Willow. <laughs> 67 over 53. All right. So um, that's a failure. So, Willow, you lose a point of Sandy as you realize, yes, the answer to that question is absolutely yes. And you know exactly what Fred is asking about. God damn it. He looks kind of fearful over his shoulder. Harold hears Fred ask that, too. Yeah, yeah. And Fred, he's drinking his beer at the table with the three of you. She would say no and then switch it to yes because she has to. And be like, so you've seen it? Yeah. Yay, now I guess you guys are all in my club. I guess so. She would ask... Look at Harold, like, around everybody be like, have you seen it? And Harold takes his beer, rises it up to the three of you, and smiles. They tell me all your stories, all the little worries you cry. They tell me what the world needs, what to say.
travel 